This is City Journal Midday News for Triple R with Mariah Edgoose, Marie Stella, and Faith Makale. Victoria recorded 733 new COVID-19 cases in the past day, slightly lower than yesterday's figure, which was a record for the state. One person has died. There is a large police presence in Melbourne anticipating more protest action today, but so far it's relatively quiet. In New South Wales, the death toll has risen by 11. They reported just over 1,000 new cases. Despite the fact that there are 20 active cases in Queensland, mask rules in southeast Queensland will only will be extended. But in small concession, they can be removed once people are seated in public spaces. Meanwhile, more than 50% of Australians over 16 have now been fully vaccinated, according to the federal government's latest figures. More than 2 million shots were delivered in the last seven days. Some doctors and health professionals in Melbourne's Northwest claim they are using protective equipment purchased from Bunnings because they have not been provided with sufficient PPE. Dr. Amber Rind says they've had to buy their own gowns and welding visor to cover her face because they were only provided with a face mask to run the vaccination clinic. She says COVID is so prevalent in Hume right now that a growing number of fully vaccinated doctors and staff are forced to isolate for two weeks, suggesting there needs to be a genuine rethink of policy. Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg has told the industry groups it's in Australia's interest to adopt the 2050 net zero emissions target. Ahead of, this, of the morning's address, Treasurer said this, the federal government was making progress internally in relation to the target. Nikki Hotley from Climate Council says the economic cost and domestic consequences are huge if Australia fails to act. Yeah, it goes on endlessly. But we also, and one thing the Treasurer's um, working up to, is the fact that the cost of capital, so borrowing costs, also rise. And we've already seen that start to happen, particularly in developing economies, but also in Australia. And it means it's going to be harder for businesses to invest. And when we don't get investment, we don't get jobs and growth. Victoria and the ACT will lead a challenge against the federal government's move to make coal and gas-fired power stations eligible for subsidies at today's meeting of national energy ministers. Energy Minister Angus Taylor says the move will shore up the reliability of Australia's electricity grid when renewable energy cannot meet demand. But several state and territory governments say the scheme will only extend the life of polluting power stations. Ken Walker from Friends of the Earth says they welcome the state's intervention to try and stop the Morrison government propping up fossil fuels. It's very clear from climate science that we have a very limited amount of time if we want to avoid, as a global community, catastrophic climate change. What we do now matters. What we do before 2030 matters. And so we shouldn't be extending the life of any fossil fuel power stations. Hundreds of international students will be allowed to return to New South Wales under a pilot plan put forward by the state government. Up to 60,000 students have been unable to return to Australia for more than a year due to the pandemic and border closures. The first phase is expected to bring 500 students into New South Wales on chartered flights by the end of the year. They'll complete 14 days of quarantine in designated student accommodations. The Victorian government is yet to reveal any plan to get international students back to Melbourne. 
Monash University has disclosed its underpaid its casual staff more than $8.5 million over the last six years. The revelation came after a National Tertiary Education Union campaign into what's described as systemic pervasive wage theft at the university. Several other Victorian unis have also been accused of underpaying their staff recently. Monash anti-EU branch president Ben Eltham says the union is now calling for an open and transparent audit. The university says they've done an audit, but we haven't seen it. Uh, and neither of the staff affected. So we think it could be more than $8 million. And we're very keen to see uh, how the university has arrived at that figure. Todd Fernando has been named a new commissioner for LGBT communities in Victoria. He has been the acting commissioner for the past four months. Mr. Fernando is also the first Indigenous person to assume the role. And now to sports news with Mariah Edgoose. Excitement is building in Perth as Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs go through their final training run ahead of the AFL Grand Final tomorrow. Livewire forward Cody Waitman will return to the team for the Bulldogs alongside Alex Keith. Melbourne go into the match unchanged as they attempt to end the league's longest premiership drought. The South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Manly Sea Eagles will play off for a spot in the NRL Grand Final tonight. Rabbitohs coach Wayne Bennett says his side is underrated and should be viewed as one of the league's benchmark teams. Melbourne Storm will play tomorrow afternoon. Meantime, Melbourne Storm champion Billy Slater has been named as Queensland's new state of origin coach. Slater says the appointment fulfills a lifelong dream after representing Queensland in 31 state of origins. He replaces Paul Green. To Melbourne's weather, showers developing with gusty winds, a top of 17 degrees and an overnight low of five. Showers easing for grand final day and a high of 13. A slightly warmer day on Sunday, partly cloudy and a top of 15 degrees. This has been City Journal Midday News for Triple R with Mariah Edgoose, Marie Stella, and Faith Makale.